we have a special guest speaker. I get to introduce, obviously, you see Jeff's not here, and he is at his daughter Addie's graduation in Missouri. And so, happy graduation, Addie. And I get to introduce a special woman to my heart. Jen Meyer, our worship leader, has come in and so gracefully and graciously organized and worshipped and shown us how to worship the Lord. And even if you don't see her up here, usually she's doing something back there with the sound. So when you hear the sound and as it gets better and better, Jen's working her magic back there. But I just want to introduce Jen today. Just not only is she a wonderful worship leader, but she has a wonderful heart for the Lord, for her family. She has five boys. That's brave in itself. (laughs) I have one and three girls, and that's good. (laughs) So I'm going to introduce Jen, our wonderful worship leader, and most importantly, my friend. Good morning. A happy Mother's Day. Um, If you are a mother, can you just stand, please? Can we just honor you for a minute? Can we just give these ladies a clap for everything that they've done, everything that they have endured? Um, You are worth being honored today. I know as a mother um, of five sons, it's a lot of work. Let me know if I have to change mics here, if I'm too bumpy. Um, but anyway, some of you know, some of you don't know that I have five sons. So, um, my oldest is 23 years old. My youngest is nine. And, um, when I was pregnant with my fifth and last son, um, someone came up to my, to Evan, who was four at the time, and they said, are you excited? Are you excited for your new baby that's coming? And he said, yes, I'm really excited. And I know what we're going to call it. And they go, you do? And he goes, yeah. If it's going to be a girl, we're going to call her Macy. And if it's a boy, we're going to call it quits. <laughs> and, um, and, that, and that was the truth. <laughs> and, um, you know, our home uh, is very loud and busy. And um, being that it's Mother's Day today, as a mother, um, I often feel stretched too thin all the time. And on a day-to-day level, um, being a mom means that I am tired, I'm grumpy, I am never left alone, never. (laughs) And then in one funny, loving, and meaningful moment with your kids, you realize that it's all completely worth it. And... And it's, you know, times one million. Being a mom means that sacrificing my time, my finances, my sleep, um, my mental health to raise my kids is worth it, for sure. And that um, life just isn't about you anymore. And um, I hope that my kids survive my weaknesses um, and realize that I love them more than anything. And... um, It was such a joy to have my son up here leading worship today. And I asked him if he would do that for me for Mother's Day. So thank you, Isaac. I love that more than anything. Um, Today we're going to talk about weaknesses. We're going to talk about healing, power, obstacles, and about fear. So would you pray with me for a moment? Lord Jesus, we praise you. We ask you to just invade everything about us today, because all of us are weak, and we all have weaknesses. 
And something I've grown to know in my life is that the places that you are not invited to invade are the places the enemy is going to have havoc in us. And so, Lord, we love you, we trust you, and we open our hearts to hear this word this morning. Amen. All right, um, we are going to go through a lot of stuff in the Bible today. Um, So where we're going to go first is Luke 5, 17 through 26. And I'm just going to read that. I think they're going to put it up here on the screen. But it says, um, One day as he was teaching, Pharisees and teachers of the law who had come from every village of Galilee and from Judea and Jerusalem were sitting there. And the power of the Lord was present for him to heal the sick. Now, right there, that's something I want you to remember. We're going to come back to that. Some men came carrying a paralytic on a mat and tried to take him into the house to lay him before Jesus. When they could not find a way to do this because of the crowd, they went up on the roof and lowered him on his mat through the tiles into the middle of the crowd and right in front of Jesus. When Jesus saw their faith, he said, Friends, your sins are forgiven. The Pharisees and the teachers of the law began thinking to themselves, Who is this fellow who speaks blasphemy? Who can forgive sin but God alone? Jesus knew what they were thinking and said, Why are you thinking these things in your heart? Which is easier to say, your sins are forgiven, or to say, get up and walk? But that you may know that the Son of Man has authority on earth to forgive sins. So he said to the paralyzed man, I tell you, get up, take your mat, and go home. Immediately he stood up and in front of them, um, took what he had been lying on and went home praising God. And everyone was amazed and in awe and said, we have seen remarkable things today. I just want, before we jump right into this scripture, um, you know, there are times we can be like that paralytic man, and we've got stuff going on in our lives. We've got stuff that um, can just get us stuck. And this is kind of what we're going to talk about. You know, sometimes we have we can have a trauma in the home um, that we just can't get past. We can have something that happened to us that will keep us from coming to church because we just can't keep our held up our head held up high because they might find out, you know, something. And we can have something devastating, a loss or a huge conflict. And I say this with tenderness that sometimes we don't even know what it is. We're just stuck. And um, where is it? How long is it going to be before we go and, and we just say, I just need an answer or else, God. And we say... Sometimes we're just standing in the same place and saying, God, you've got to explain this to me or I'm not moving on. I mean, anybody know what I'm talking about? So, the question is, how desperate are we to get to Jesus? How desperate are we to get our family to Jesus? Would we be willing to go through the roof In verse 24 and 25, it said that Jesus said to the paralyzed man, I tell you, get up, take your mat, and go home. 
And what happened? Immediately, immediately he stood up. I am praying to see Christ do an immediate work in us today. Because I want God to apply to us what he's talking about here. Something remarkable. Something that people remark about. So, in verse 17, I told you to think about that part. It says, And the power of the Lord was present for him to heal the sick. Just think about that for a second. Was there ever a time that Christ didn't have power to heal? Or maybe there were certain times he could heal and certain times that he couldn't heal. No, because this is God walking around in human flesh. This is all-powerful God right here. When There's a story in Luke 8, and it's of a woman who's walking through a crowd. She's suffering. She needs healing. And she reaches in the hem of, of Jesus' garment and it says here in Luke eight forty five through forty six, Jesus says, "Who touched me?" Jesus asked. When they all denied it, Peter said, "Master, the people are crowding and pressing against you." But Jesus said, "Someone touched me. I know, because power has gone out from me." Now. When she reached out and touched his garment, his power didn't leave him. That just walking through the crowd, he felt the issue of power at work. I mean, you guys, see, if we touch Jesus, he is such a healer, and his presence is so healing that he can't even help himself. He just does. What an amazing thought that that is. You see, in some other terminology, it says that um, that power just went out from him. Imagine that, if you're trying to imagine, I want to share in Revelation 4 or 5, I kind of just put this down. From the throne comes flashes of lightning. Lightning just coming out of the throne. Imagine there is such power in God that when he sits upon his throne, lightning is just shooting out from him. He is all-powerful. And so when he walks through a crowd, the power is there. Anyone who reaches out and touches that power is going to be healed. He is the full essence, not only of all power, not only of power, but all power. Are you guys following me with this? Because I can kind of get going and um, kind of get lost in my own thoughts and excitement. Because <laughs> I've been reading this all week. So if you get close to him, you're going to get hit. I want to get hit with that power. I want to get struck by that kind of healing. So go back with all that in your mind. That he could have just walked through the crowd and power was just shooting out of him like lightning. And it says, And the power of the Lord was present for him to heal the sick. So what makes this different? Because in Luke 8, when he was just walking through the crowd, it's not exactly what he was doing with that woman. You see, she just reached out and touched the hem of his garment, and it happened. But what the Bible is telling us here in Luke 5 is that healing 
is what he came to do that day. Healing was the agenda. He came into that Bible lesson to heal. I wonder if any of us come to church and we're sitting in the middle of the church and we come expecting to be healed. I wonder if any of you are here for that this morning. There are so many reasons that the Lord gathers us together like this. But what if today it is to heal? We can have unbelief and we can miss it. Or we can say, I want that. I want that power. We can say, Jesus, whatever you've come for in my life today, I want you to have. And I believe that he came to heal some paralyzed parts of our lives today. So, this is interesting. When we go back to um, 17, when it says he was present for him to heal that day. In the King James Version, it says um, that he was present for him to heal them. So, who is them? Them are the Pharisees and the teachers of the law. Now, doesn't that change things? Because you'd think that them is the paralytic that came that day. But that's not true. You see, why is it that it is always the one who is so very aware of their paralysis? The one who is so broken that will ever come to the healing feet of Jesus. Because, you guys, we all need it. The Pharisees and the legalists among us, you know, we think, well, maybe we'll get a good lesson from Jesus today. But we're not going to be healed. We are the ones who can't see our own sin through our own pride. What kind of work would the Lord Jesus be allowed to do in our lives? What kind of healing could come to the ones that it is so important how we appear if we could just lay it all down? I mean, we know good and well that we're all messed up, right? There comes a time when we just need to adopt a new philosophy, and I heard this from Beth Moore, and she said, cut the bull. Anyone know what I'm talking about? You know, I truly believe that God thinks I have a problem with this because he seems to put me in the most humiliating circumstances all the time. You get to where you're just feeling so great about yourself. For instance, this morning, I got all... My room is a mess because I must have tried on like five different outfits to figure out what I was going to wear this morning. And I get to church and... My tongue is blue. I did not eat anything blue, you guys. I promise. But I must have stuck a pin or something in my mouth this morning. And it turned my whole mouth blue. And this is what the Lord does to me, I swear. Just to, like, keep me humbled. And um, I, I have a funny story about this. So when we moved into our house... Um, 
we had our backyard was just horrible and so we completely redid it and what happened was we had all these tractors and everything and we had saved money to get all the work done and we were almost at the end of our project and I hadn't met the neighbor behind us and he comes up to our fence and he's oh what do you guys got going on over here and I'm just feeling all prideful. I mean, because you get excited when you're almost done with a project. And I'm just like, oh yeah, we're going to have a little basketball court over here and this and that. And he looks past me and he says, oh, and are those your boys? And I'm just about to say, oh, why yes, those are my boys. And I turn, I turn around and here are my young sons standing on the top of the deck with their pants down peeing onto the freshly um, poured cement to see who could pee the farthest. (laughs) And of course, I'm just like, yes, those are my boys. (laughs) And it was all over. And it's so funny. This happens to me all the time, you guys. I'm sure it happens to you too, but I feel like God just is up there and he has a complete sense of humor with my life constantly. But what would happen if we allowed the Lord to do in our lives? What kind of healing could come when he sets out for the prideful, for the Pharisees among us, teachers among us, the ones who need to appear a certain way? I mean, you guys, let's just get real. People don't need us to act like we have it all together. People are hurting And they need to know the mess that we've been in. And they need to know the mess that we are in. What if we just start to be who we seem? If what we want people to see us as is at 100%, and what's really true is about 70%. I mean, most of us probably in here have Facebook. And... um. You know, sometimes we're going through some really heavy stuff in our lives. And um, you'll share it with someone, and they'll say, I had no idea. Because your Facebook looks like everything is just fine. Right? I mean, if we'd just be at our 70%, we'd be freer. And we'd be able to minister to more people because the bull, you guys, is keeping us from a healing from God. Because what will happen is we will live in this 100% and we will walk ourselves through our struggles and our trials and we'll determine that we don't need it. Have you ever listened to a message And maybe you're sitting next to your husband and you're thinking, man, I hope he really hears this. (laughs) Or you're you're sitting next to your friend and you just kind of tap her on the leg. You don't say anything, but you're thinking, he's talking to you. You know, but the truth is, is that he's talking to me. He's talking to me. The things that I have said under my breath, words 
that just crucify spirits. I mean, let's just get real and cut it down. God, we just we get too prideful, and we're going to miss it. We're going to miss the healing that God has for us. I've gone through so much. I've been just torn down over and over in life. And um, my oldest son's 23 this year. And uh, I remember the day that he was born still. And, you know, just for all you guys who feel smothered by your mothers, um, you will always be our baby. And I will always be my mother's baby. It doesn't matter if I'm 60 or 70. She will never forget changing my diapers. And um, But I remember when Isaac was born, and we were the first of all of our friends to have kids. And um, so it was a big deal. There were a lot of people in the waiting room and in our room, and it was really busy. Um, and after everyone had left, I remember the nurse swaddled Isaac. And I was a new mom. I didn't know anything about any of that stuff. And um, she swaddles him up, and she hands him to me. And she says, I'll leave you two alone. And the room was quiet. And I remember unswaddling him because I hadn't really had that chance to just look at him. And so I unswaddled the blanket and I looked at all his little hands and his little toes. And I looked him in the face and I said, Hi, little guy. I'm your mom. (laughs) And I remember just, it was the most beautiful word I had ever heard. And I'm not the greatest mom. And I've, I've probably, you know, I've had my trials and I've had my triumphs with my kids. But at that moment, I knew that I would give up everything for this. I would give up vacations, friends, dreams, careers. I mean, before I had kids, I had a plan. But then he became my plan. And he became everything. And... I remember a couple years later, um, I had heard this story of a neighbor whose dog was running around in the backyard, and maybe you, maybe some of you have heard this story, but um, anyway, the dog was running around, and the owner was mowing the lawn, and the dog got a little too close to the lawnmower, and it took off its two back legs. And um, the dog was pregnant at the time. And so they rushed the dog to the vet, and they said, we know we probably can't save the dog, but can we save the puppies? And the vet said, look, she will fight for those puppies to survive. And I can stitch her up, and she will teach herself to walk again. And so that's what the vet did. And they took the dog home, and a month later, she had the puppies. 
And when those puppies learned to walk, they walked just like her. They dragged their back legs. And and I, that story just hit me so hard because I realized at that moment that I have constant followers watching me. Everything that I do. And if not for... We have to seek healing for ourselves because it will affect our future. It will affect others around us. We have an influence and effect on others. And so in Luke, it tells us that there was such a crowd to see Jesus that day that they had to go through the roof. So the men had two obstacles that day, the Pharisees and the crowd. And one thing that I want you to take away from today is to come to the realization that you are precious to him. That we can be sitting in such crowds, even in a church this size, and... I'm sorry, I lost my place. (laughs) That... um, And we can tell ourselves that he really isn't saying that to me. Or we'll see someone else receive that, but not me. And we have to stop thinking that all the profound works that God is going to do, that he's going to do in our church leaders, or that he's going to do to someone who's really gifted. No. You, 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 you are gifted. And we've got to believe for our own healing. Are we going to let... This is just tough for me because I'm kind of walking through my own healing right now. And so as I talk about this, I'm preaching to myself just as much as you guys. So... thing is, is that are we going to be like that woman and are we going to reach through with everything you got and grab a hold of this garment? But the difference is that only this time he's going to turn around and he's going to say, go ahead. It's what I came for. Go ahead. It's my agenda for you to be healed. I have come to call you to your feet. I don't look at others anymore wondering if the message is for me. I just come every Sunday knowing that it is. And if I feel like it isn't, I better cut it down to my 70%. Because every day I do things that I shouldn't do. And every day I don't do things that I should do. And so what's got us paralyzed? Sometimes it's just unforgiveness. Sometimes it's unforgiveness towards ourselves. Sometimes it's our past, fear, some huge conflict that we just can't get past. Or sometimes we're just leaving our mat and we're just walking around it. We're just stuck. Or sometimes we just get weary 
I'll say, Oh Lord, I am a weary and worn out woman. I will. And I'll say, Lord, I'm trying to be everything you called me to be, but do you know how tired I am? A few years ago, I was in a large forum of women online, and I put this question on there that said, Tell me how you would finish this sentence. I am worn out because. And the results just were flying in. I'm going to read some of them to you because I feel that um, a lot of you are going to relate to some of this. I am worn out because my children and their spouses are hurting each other. I am worn out because I have children who are addicted to drugs. I have a daughter living in an adulterous relationship, and two of my children I have lost to death. I can no longer live up to the expectations of my mother, and now I cannot allow her to control my future. I am worn out because I am a stay-at-home mother who homeschools all three of my children, and I am expecting my fourth. I am trying to act as a referee between my ex-husband and kids, and I am not doing a very good job. I don't know how to rest. I know how to sit and sleep, but not how to rest. I struggle with clinical depression, and I am a Christian. I am wearing too many hats, and they are all heavy, and I keep putting more on. People tend to take and take, but they never give back. Anyone? I keep saying yes when I should have said no. And this, here we go, listen to this. I am learning that my saying yes will never make up for all the people who say no when they should. I am worn out by ungratefulness. I am the sole caregiver for my elderly husband who has dementia. And over and over they poured in. And I printed it out. I didn't even know what to do with all the worn outs. I mean, I knew knew that we are. They say that for every one person that replies, there's really ten that just didn't have the bravery to type it in. And so I just wanted to lay it all out, and I wanted to pray for all these ladies. And I wanted to say, do you know that I am a worn out? I found out that I'm not alone that day. That probably every single one of us could raise our hands and say, I am a worn out woman too. Or I am a worn out man. I mean, men, you have so much on your shoulders too. And I have done, did everything I felt was possible to counter my worn outs. You know, they say take your vitamins, simplify your life, sleep. But what I've come to know from scripture is that that is a misrepresentation of this life. To believe that we will get to a place where one day we will not grow weary and we will not wear out. But sometimes even the body of Christ, sometimes people will get you to think it. 
the Pharisees among us, they'll say, well, if you were just more spiritually mature, or you prayed more, or if you know, if you only knew what the Holy Spirit's guiding you to do, maybe you should just tap into that. Then you just wouldn't be a worn out woman. <laughs> well, I truly believe that that is a misrepresentation of the heart of God. Because the Lord is very well acquainted with me and my design. He had everything to do with it and your design. He knows everything you think, everything you say, everything you do, everywhere you go. And he knew it before you even do it. And he knew from the very beginning that we'd wear out and get tired. We're just going to get to the end of our sails sometimes. I mean, if you got up breathing this morning, your physical body and your heart and your mind are going to wear out. I promise you. But, thankfully, thankfully, our God is not like us. So when we say to him, do you know that I'm a worn out woman? He says to us, do you know I'm wide awake? We have, I'm going to read um, Psalm 121 for you here. Um, see if I can get to it. Psalm 121. I lift up my eyes to the hills. Where does my help come from? My help comes from the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. He will not let your foot slip. He who watches over you will not slumber. Indeed, he who watches over Israel will never slumber nor sleep. He watches over you. The Lord is your shade at your right hand. The sun will not harm you by day nor the moon by night. The Lord will keep you from all harm. He will watch over your life. The Lord will watch over your coming and going, both now and forevermore. So we know that he says he never takes a nap. He never falls asleep. He doesn't even need to sleep. He is the God who does not grow weary. As a matter of fact, he can't be other than who he is. So when he doesn't even need a nap to be a better God, not like us. He is fully all that he is without any weariness. And so I'm hoping that you hear the Lord say to you today, I am your God who does not grow weary. And I want you to see what God does with our weariness. In Isaiah 40:28, we're actually going to read this together. Let me know when you have it up there. We have it up there. Okay, I want you guys to read this with me. Do you not know? Have you not heard? The Lord is the everlasting God, the creator of the ends of the earth. He will not grow weary, go tired or weary, and his understanding no one can fathom. He gives strength to the weary and increases the power of the weak. Even youths grow tired and weary, and young men stumble and fall. But those who hope in the Lord will renew their strength. 
The Lord says to us this day, I am the Lord your God. I do not grow weary. If we look into the passage, I want you to see what the Lord's trying to tell us is that he is able to transfer to us his created, his own strength. He's able to transfer to us what we need. But those who hope in the Lord will renew their strength. This is how he makes his holy and righteous transfer to us. So when you're worn out and weak and you got nothing left, here's our instruction. Can we come and put our hope, our hope in the Lord? Because in your weariness, if you know where to go with your weariness... You see, that's the problem with us, is when we're worn out, we don't know where to go. We think, oh, we'll go to a movie. That'll be nice. Oh, we'll go get a manicure. And that'll make us feel nice for a moment. But the Lord says, for the weary, do you want a renewed strength? Do you want to wear a new coat? Do you want me to take away what has worn you out? Then come, put your hope in me. Because I think when we put our hope in God, there's this alignment of understanding of how big God is and how in control he is and how little we are and how he is able to do what he's promised to do for us. And he's promised to give us strength. I'll write this verse down. Some of if you, if you are struggling with this, if you are struggling with we with weariness, I want you to write this scripture down. Second Corinthians twelve nine through ten, and I want you to put it on a sticky note somewhere in your house where you see it every day. It says, "But he said to me." My grace is sufficient enough for you, for power, power that's shooting out, is perfected in weakness. Therefore, I will most gladly boast all the more of my weaknesses so that Christ's power may reside in me. So I take pleasure in weaknesses, insults, catastrophes, my 70% persecutions and in pressures because of Christ. For when I am weak, then I am strong. What would it take to decide it'd be worth it to seek healing? Is it worth it to go through the roof? Do you want it that bad? One of the biggest things that keep us from healing is fear. And fear is the great enemy of Christians. Um, It inhibits us. It reduces us. It causes us to just live like spiritual midgets. And um, it's a battle that we have to um, be aware of constantly. Um... Without recognizing it, many of us can just shrink back into this despair and allow fear and intimidation to just have their way in us. 
and before we know it, we've abandoned our calling, and we've traded this abundant life that God has for us for a mundane one. So, back to Luke 5.24, it says, The Son of Man has authority over anything that has you paralyzed. So he said to the paralyzed man, I tell you, get up, take your mat, and go home. It's time for us to pick up our mat and go home. Get up and walk. It's time for us to cast our fears on the Lord. We need to start getting real. Stop portraying this 100% fabulous life that we all have because people need to know our mess. They need to know. And we need to know that the healing is for me. The healing is for you. I want to be free. I want to be free of intimidation, free of portraying that I have it all together. I mean, I'm standing here. How many of you think that God's going to come down and he's going to move every step, every foot forward and walk me out of this room? It's not going to happen. So I have to make a choice. Am I going to let fear hold me back? Or am I going to choose freedom? The work's done, guys. The battle's already won. The victory is ours. I mean, we might as, we might as well walk in it, right? So, maybe today you need a healing. Maybe you need a physical healing. Maybe you need an emotional healing. It may be a spiritual healing, a mental healing, a relational healing. It may be a healing that you just can't even describe. Just something's not right. I need help. I need help. I need healing. We're going to pray. We're going to pray for that. And um, there is the greatest healing of all that... um, If you haven't come to know Jesus as your Savior and put your trust and your heart in his hands to believe that he died on the cross and rose from the grave, that's the most important healing of all, to know that you're forgiven, to know that what you've walked through, what you're walking through, you can be free. You can be forgiven. And so... I don't know if I don't know if any of you are in that place but if you are I'm just going to pray for you right now um you join me and pray this prayer from your heart Dear God I realize that I've sinned and I need you Thank you for dying on the cross and for rising from the grave. God, come into my heart and save me. 
Thank you for giving me eternal and abundant life. And help me to live for you the rest of my life. In Jesus' name. And for those of you who need a healing, God, whatever it is, to just renew your strength, to just let stuff go. Some of the pra- some of my prayers to come forward. If um, if you need prayer after the service, if there's just stuff you've got to let go to be free, um, I pray that you would share it with them. And can we just try it? Can we just try to be at seventy percent? Wouldn't it just be great to be freer? Lord Jesus, we give you today, God, open our hearts, help us think about that one thing, that one thing, God, that we'd love to be healed from. Jesus, do a miracle today. Lord, we thank you for today. We thank you for the mothers that are here. We ask you to bless them, especially today, Lord. I just give the rest of today to you. May we have a blast. May we find peace. May we find joy in the rest of today. Amen. Thank you guys for letting me share. We're going to have some um, flowers for all the moms that are here today. Um, And if you're going to see your mom, please take an extra one for her so um, that you can give her one. And have a blessed day.